The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn from savvy, street-smart entrepreneurs how to make the leap from running a stressful business that's always putting out fires to leading a successful company that is innovative, productive, profitable. Now, here's Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to The Business Edge, giving street-smart advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders on how to take their company, firm, or organization to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to create and grow great businesses that matter, those that do well and do good. I'm Marcia Zeidel, the Smart Moves Coach and Speaker, helping entrepreneurial ventures and small to medium-sized companies build their leadership and talent to move from innovative startup to productive scale-up to profitable enterprise. My motto is, if you do what you've always did, you will get what you've always got. Therefore, move outside of your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. So let's start right now to bring some magic to your leadership and business with a Marsha's Musings. It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. Are you working in your business or on your business? There is a bridge every entrepreneur must cross in order to grow a business beyond a certain point, a point where they must transition from doing to leading. It means stepping back from daily operations to focusing on the best ways to move the business forward. Here's what one business owner said to me recently during a coaching session. He said, what I didn't realize is that while I'm so busy dealing with daily fires, I was getting less done. And it's just our nature as entrepreneurs to hold on to everything. So what's the solution? To, step, to stop being a one-man band, he constantly reminds himself to focus, focus, focus. Every entrepreneur has limited resources and time, he said, to be successful. You must prioritize your focus because every growing business has resource constraints, limited people, time, and capital. So it's critical that entrepreneurs spend their time on the most important areas that can drive success. In other words, focus on working on the tasks that give you the biggest bang for your time and the biggest impact on your business. For him, he prioritized his focus simply as customers, quality, and cash flow. He said that if an issue did not impact directly on and materially on one of those three areas, it could wait. So here's a smart moose tip. In those first frantic days of turning your great idea into a functioning business, you wore many hats. 
usually because you couldn't afford to hire anyone else to take out the trash, keep the books, or talk to the web designer. But the truth is, once you're beyond a startup, your job is to focus on what will grow your business. In other words, to move your business ahead requires you to stay step back, way back. Listeners, do you have the foundation of people, processes, and performance to step back so that you can work on your business instead of in it? To find out more, contact me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com, or call 972-380-9181. You're listening to Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. Today's program, carrying out the theme of growing your business, is gain radical traction using the entrepreneurial operating system. Business growth is really a double-edged sword. When it's well-planned and managed, it has a potential for providing tremendous financial and personal rewards to the owners and investors. But if it's not, it often leads to disappointment and failure. And it's common for leaders in growing organizations to feel that things have gotten out of control and are chaotic. There's too much to do and too little time with too few resources. But thousands of businesses around the world have discovered and now use the Entrepreneurial Operating System, or EOS, to establish a vision, gain organization traction, and improve team health. My guest today is Jeff Whittle, a certified EOS implementer who will do a deep dive into this simple but revolutionary operating model. Welcome, Jeff. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Hi, Marcia. It's great to talk to you again. So, um, for those who may not be familiar with the operating, the entrepreneurial operating system, can you give them an overview, what it is and what it's trying to accomplish? Sure, I'm happy to. The entrepreneurial operating system, which, as you said, we often refer to as EOS, is essentially a game plan. It's a, it's a recipe for running your business. I, I ran businesses and often wondered why there wasn't a playbook, some uh, methodology to just say, run your business like this. You know, that didn't exist. And EOS is, is designed to essentially to be that playbook. The, uh, under, the, uh, the underpinnings of the system are uh, improving a business in six fundamental areas. It's a very simple model. And within each of those six areas, there are very simple tools that business owners and leadership teams can use to uh, improve organizational strength in those six areas. When they get strong in those six areas, then they've, they've really got a team that's functioning very, very well and effectively and, and usually very profitably. And... Um... Just real briefly, what are those six areas? And I know you may get into them a little later. Sure, happy to. 
The uh, the first area is vision. We we absolutely need to know where we're going. And mm-hmm. in your your intro, uh, very clearly put that it, it's important for businesses to to have a path and to understand to pull up out of the day to day minutia and 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 work on the business. And that's what the vision component is. It's developing. A, a clear vision around what the organization's about, why it exists, and where it's going, and then ultimately how it's going to get there. And so that's a fundamental strategic planning. The uh, the second component is people. You've you've heard for many years now since Jim Collins wrote Good to Great, you have to have <laughs> the right people in the right seats. Mm-hmm. But that's often hard to understand. You know, what does that mean for a business owner? Well, there there are tools that that we use and and exercises that that we go through to help businesses answer that question, who are the right people in the right mm-hmm. seats for my mm-hmm. business? So that's the second component, the people okay. component. The third component is a data component. It's very important for businesses to be measuring those things that that truly have predictive value about the long-term health of the business. You hear them often referred to as key performance indicators, any uh, dashboard, any number of things. Mm-hmm. But just those key metrics that answer a fundamental question, did we get the right things done last week so that we know that going forward we'll get the results that we anticipate. The right. fourth area is something that we call issues, and it's, uh, it's unique in the entrepreneurial operating system because it, it teaches organizations a healthy and effective way to actually capture issues. Every business has thousands of issues mm-hmm, going on, mm-hmm. but more importantly, to resolve them, to solve them once and for all and move on rather than having endless meetings where nothing gets decided. <laughs> so that's the issues component. There's, there's a process component, uh, a simple methodology for documenting at a high level the, the key and important components of, of your business, the way you do mm-hmm. things. And so mm-hmm. that's a, a, a task that requires first those processes to be documented and then to put in place the systems that ensure that people follow the processes. And then finally, the sixth component is something we call traction. It's simply the the series of meetings and disciplines and accountability that takes the long-term strategy and ensures that it gets executed at the ground level. So those are the six areas. And I would imagine that they all have to work together. Uh, they're not just separate entities, but they are it's working together. It's extraordinarily powerful when you use them all together. One of the nice things about EOS is that you, you can, if you choose to, use any one of the tools in a vacuum, uh, mm-hmm. people will do that. Uh, where you see the significant progress and growth is when a group really and truly adopts the system and implements it in its entirety because it is integrated. You can pull it apart, but it works best when it's all together. Right. So um, now that you've given that overview and what the um, uh, six components are. Um, what kinds of businesses benefit most from these tools? Well, uh, it's funny as I once again as I was listening to your introduction, uh, it's the kinds of businesses that uh, that you described. Those businesses that have hit a ceiling. They're they're past their early stage. They've developed a viable business, but they they get to the point where they feel like they're taking one step forward and one step backwards, and they, they get to the place where they know they should be getting better results. They know there's an opportunity for growth and profit that they're not executing on, but frankly, they just don't know how to get there. And there's a feeling that there's chaos, 
that there are a thousand priorities, that things aren't getting done, that, that none of the needles are moving the right direction. And so usually we, we see the most benefit come with those kinds of companies that, that have hit that ceiling, and they're looking for uh, a methodology to get through that. Right. And so from what you're saying, it could be any business. Um, um, what, ha- what have been your experience um, with the kinds of businesses you worked for? Uh, with uh, with the EOS, uh, just uh, without naming names, but what kind of industries or what kind of businesses were they? Sure, it's it's all kinds of industries and businesses, Marcia. We have everything that from professional service groups, uh, wealth managers, uh, law firms, uh, accounting firms, to uh, to blue collar manufacturing organizations, to printing companies, to very large industrial. Uh, chemical companies. It's, mm-hmm. it's industry agnostic, frankly. <laughs> I like that term, industry agnostic. Um, just again, because you piqued my curiosity, um, do you find that, let's just juxtapose a, um, a professional service firm versus a printing company? Mm-hmm. Um, there, is there any major differences in using these tools between one and another? Or, as you say, it's industry agnostic. The, the primary difference that I've seen in working with professional service groups uh, as, as a unique company is, is that they sometimes have multiple people and, and sometimes even all the partners in a, in a law firm or an accounting group that have responsibilities that are typically shared. For example, they all feel like they have uh, administrative capabilities and rights and responsibilities. They sometimes all have business development responsibilities. But when, when we come in and work with companies, the, the primary thing that we need to get them to understand is that we're looking for accountability. And so if everybody is accountable for revenue, then really and truly no one is accountable for revenue. And so the, the primary difference in the professional service groups is that while that tends to be a shared responsibility, uh, they many times for the first time have to identify a single person who will be accountable for getting the results that the team commits to. That's really the only difference that I see between professional service groups and everybody else. Okay, and then moving on, um, what are some of the most significant changes you have seen in companies that implement this system? Just a couple of examples. Sure. The, the most striking thing that you see consistently, Marcia, is that things start getting done. The, uh, the process is one in which, just as you described earlier, you have to focus, you have to prioritize, and by simplifying and minimizing the number of things that these businesses are focusing on and prioritizing, and then putting in place an accountability system Things that had languished just start getting done, and mm-hmm. and frankly, it's the most important things because they've gone through a prioritization process. And so, for example, companies that had had struggled and languished getting a new ERP system put in place in a manufacturing environment, mm-hmm. they they prioritize that. They put in place a, a process for making it happen and the accountability around it. And this implementation that had been hung up for years, honestly. Mm-hmm. was done. 
because they, they committed to it, they got it done, and they got rid of all the noise that was keeping them from being able to focus on it. Oftentimes, the results are uh, top-line results. People will focus on client relationships or commitments mm-hmm. to uh, some part of their sales process that's been neglected or not focused on, and we see substantial top-line results. And then, of course, sometimes the focus is on cost or, mm-hmm. or process, things that will drive out expense, and once again, that flows to the bottom line, too. So it's really a function of seeing people get things done that they hadn't been getting done before and and then watching that translate into the right financial results. Right. And so, you know, bottom line, it is focusing on the specifics of what needs to get done, accountability for it, and getting it done. Um, Right. So those are very good examples, and you know what? It is time has flown. It is time for a short break. Um, this is uh, Marsha Zidle, the Smart Moose Coach, and my guest is Jeff Whittle talking about gain radical traction using the entrepreneurial operating system. You're listening to the Business Edge on Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. There's a science for building a successful business. The number one requirement is that you have a management system that controls all its moving parts. Without the system, your business is disorganized. Your quality is inconsistent. Your customers complain. With this system, your business is transformed into a finely tuned machine that is innovative, productive, profitable. Sign up now for the Manage Hub Quick Start Workshop. It's completely free, and you'll get instant access to ManageHub software, training, and support. Go from stressful to successful. Visit MarshaZidle.com. That's M-A-R-C-I-A-Z-I-D-L-E.com. Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you give us a call. Call us at 1-800-411-6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's 1-800-411-6401 or S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G dot com. Have you ever heard of someone who felt stuck in a challenging situation, feeling sideswiped by an event that took their success path off course? Glenn Ramsey, the entrepreneur blind spot coach, will help you to identify the unnoticeable reasons why you've derailed and get back on track with your KPI goals. Get realigned with success and connect with Glenn, the blind spot coach, at Glenn at InspireNexus.com to schedule your free discovery coaching session today. That's Glenn, G-L-E-N, at InspireNexus.com. You're tuned in to The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to the business edge. 
Welcome back to the Business Edge. I'm Marcia Zeidel, the Smart Moves Coach, helping entrepreneurial ventures and small to medium-sized companies build the leadership and talent to grow great businesses that matter, those that do good and do well. My guest is Jeff Whittle, providing us with insights on how to gain radical traction in your business using the entrepreneurial operating system. And so... Um, uh, during that first segment, uh, Jeff talked about what uh, about the um, uh, entrepreneurial operating system, or we call it EOS. What are the components? What kinds of industries? Uh, what were some of the results that companies get? And now we're going to take um, a, a deeper dive into the EOS. So, Jeff, what is different about EOS compared to other operating systems? I think the fundamental difference, Marcia, is that it's simple. And and frankly, it took me a little while to, to get my arms around that. I had been a national examiner for the Baldridge program, and uh, Baldridge is an example of another operating system. It's a, a very well-established, very recognized, uh, prestigious uh, system that is a part of the Baldridge Award given by the Department of Commerce every year. And as good as it is, and it's very, very, very good, it's dense, it's complex, there's a lot to it. There are a lot of definitions, there are a lot of criteria. It it takes a lot of work, and sometimes in organizations, a lot of people just to administer the program. And that's the right fit for some organizations. But for the kinds of businesses that that I was working with, uh, and those are typically in the second stage phase all the way up to several hundred million, million dollars, complexity is not, a, that's not what they're looking for. They, they're looking for something that's simple, something that's workable, something that everybody understands and that they can begin to implement immediately. And mm-hmm. And that's what's great, I think, about the entrepreneurial operating system is in an implementation on day one, the team gets tools that they can begin to use immediately as a leadership team and and see the needle move on important things that have to get done. So I, I would say simplicity is the primary difference, and, and it's a real powerful difference. And um, so what happens on day one or week one, just briefly, so that give, you know, to... To, to bring it down to, to, to reality, if I was to ask you to come into my company, what would we be doing on day one or week one or month one or whatever? Sure, that's a great question. On day one, we'd spend an entire day together with the leadership team, and those are the people who own the major functions in, mm-hmm. in the business. And we would start by asking the question about whether we have the right structure for the business. And so essentially, we, we take the, the structure that has existed up to this time, and we simply hold it up against the light of reality. We're a growing business. We've hit a ceiling. Is this the right structure? Do we have the right roles that have been defined? Have they been defined clearly? And then we put people in those roles, and we begin to ask the questions around whether they're the right people for those seats. So before lunch on the first day, the leadership team has been challenged to structure the organization appropriately for going forward and and then begin to ask some of the hard questions uh, with one another, the leadership team, about do we have the right people in the right seats in this team? And so 
day one, we, we start to challenge the right people, right seats, right structure in the business. From there, uh, we move right into the, the process of establishing priorities for the coming 60 days. We call those <laughs> rocks, and we take all the myriad things that the company is working on, and, and we boil it down into three to five critical things that we agree will get done. Mm-hmm. In those next 60 days, people take ownership of them. There's clarity around who's accountable for what. And so those priorities get established and, and ownership gets assigned. From then, we implement uh, something. This is still day one. We implement a weekly meeting we call a level 10 meeting mm-hmm. that's designed to, to radically change the way most of these teams are running their business meetings. Uh, We've, we've seen an awful lot of business meetings. I know you've sat in on a zillion of them. I have to do. Yeah, I haven't sat in on a zillion great ones. And, and that's largely because they, they frankly just aren't structured and disciplined mm-hmm. in how they're run. And so we, we provide a format and teach an agenda on that first day for a leadership team meeting that happens every single week going forward. From there, we've still got more work to do on day one. We take our our first pass at the key performance indicators and scorecard numbers in in the business. We establish goals for each of those. And so we get to the end of that first day, and they have truly drunk from a fire hose, but they've gotten the primary foundational tools that will be the the basis for the work that they're going to do for years and years going forward in that very first day. You know, I, my first—I had two impressions as you were go, as you were talking about what happens on day one. The first impression is, "Wow, you really get all that done on day oh, yeah, one." Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, we do. And then the yeah, second, and the second impression is, I bet that they are surprised at how much they did get done on day one and are motivated to move forward. They, uh, they really are. It's a, it's a powerful and empowering day. We, we try not to surprise them with what the day looks like. Before we're engaged by a company, we provide what we call a 90-minute meeting, mm-hmm. which brings the leadership team together, and we walk them through the entire process. We, we don't want to surprise anybody. Uh, we, and so in the 90-minute meeting, we share with them in the focus day, here's everything we're going to get done. Uh, you're right, it looks like a lot of work. It is a lot of work. But we, we ask them to, to really and truly come in with their eyes open about the work that we're going to get done, commit to that work being done, and, and know that there may be some tough conversations in the room that first day. But that's what needs to happen. Many times the tough conversations that we have are conversations that have needed to be had for a long time. And so they, they go in with their eyes open. They know the work we're going to do, and we don't unlock the door and let them out until it's done. <laughs> And, uh, you know, the other thing that impresses me about this is just the last thing you said, which is the tough conversations. Um, And it's really important. And I think what helps, even in the the work that I do as an executive coach, is that um, uh, someone from the outside comes in and looks at their business or helps them look at their business, at their situation, and starts asking some tough questions, which leads to some tough conversations. Yes. Um, so, I, you know, it sounds like an extremely comprehensive, wonderful first day. Um, 
so now I'd like to move on to a couple of other questions. Um, and um, and is it only for small companies? So what kinds of, you know, um, again, I did ask you for some examples, but can big companies use this? Um, are there any kinds of companies that can't use this system? You know, in terms of can't use, um, the, the tools that are available are are helpful and germane if you're a one-person operation. You really and truly can take some of these tools and use them. But the, the, the real power from EOS comes when there is a leadership team in place. Some delegation of operational responsibilities has happened. The, the CEO, uh, who's often the founder, has, has let go of some of the responsibilities, put a leadership team in place. But, but many times these people have either not worked together before or not worked in those, those roles before. They've never run businesses before. Uh, and so that's the first ceiling when they grow. And I know you see this a lot in your coaching. When they grow from that startup phase to that phase where they look around and they realize they've got a few million dollars in revenues, they've got lots of clients, they've got some employees, and all of a sudden the world has gotten a whole lot more complex. It wasn't the way it was back yes. in the day. And so that happens not just for entrepreneurs when they get to that first stage. Frankly, it happens to companies when they move from $5 million to $10 million or from $10 million to $50 million. They mm -hmm. They continue to hit those ceilings where the the evolution of the business creates complexities that the system can help with. So is there a company that's too small? If, if there's not a leadership team in place, a full-blown implementation is probably not the right solution for them. Some of the tools on a standalone basis can work. But, but other than that, there's really not a company that's, that's too small or, are frankly, too large. There are public companies who are running entire divisions using this system. Right. Um, and so, you know, I, I do want to um, come back to when I asked you about um, what's a typical day, and you talked about that. And, you know, you, and, and, and what I was really getting at is how does the EOS implementation work? Uh, what does that look like? So you gave a sense of what that first day is, and again, it's very powerful, um, and, but very productive. Uh, can you tell uh, more about, and maybe move forward a bit, and what's the next step after that first day? That, that's a great question. Uh, 30 days later, the, the leadership team comes back together again, and we spend a good part of the morning going over some of the foundational tools that were introduced the first day, the scorecard, mm -hmm. the level 10 meetings, all of those things. We spend time reviewing, and, and once that's done, then we jump into the, uh, the work that has to get done around the strategic planning. There's, there's a document that we use. It's a tool. It's called the Vision Traction Organizer. It's a one-page document front and back that essentially outlines the strategic plan of the company by answering eight questions. And so on day two, after we've done the review from the foundational uh, day, we, we begin to answer those eight questions. And, mm -hmm. and the questions are those questions that I know you're really familiar with in your work with businesses. Mm -hmm. Number one, what's your core focus? Which mm -hmm. simply answers the question, what do we do and why do we do it? Uh, what are your core values? Mm -hmm. Which simply answers the question, who fits in our organization? Who, who is the right 
person for us? And, and frankly, who doesn't fit? And then we we ask a simple question, where do you want to be 10 years from now? What are we mm-hmm. building here? What's that, Which is the answer to the question, what's our long-term goal? Mm-hmm. From there, we move into some uh, some work around marketing strategy to define target markets and uh, differentiation messages. We call that three uniques, and, and it's simply uh, a process that allows businesses to answer the question, if we're going to go here in 10 years, obviously it's our customers that are going to take us there. How do we find those people we can help and what message resonates with them? So that's the, the first page of the Vision Traction Organizer. And then from there, the remaining questions take it down, 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 down to a more and more granular level to answer the question, okay, what are we going to do? Uh, we set a three-year picture. We uh, put ourselves in a place where we have a sense of what the business is going to look three years like three years from now. We begin to set revenue and profit mm-hmm. targets around that. Uh, the next step is there's a one year plan, again, revenue and profit targets and five to seven goals. And, and then finally, what are the rocks? What are the, what are the key short-term initiatives that we're going to get done uh, it, to make sure that we're on path to achieve the plan? And so day one, we get about halfway through that document and about 30 days later, I'm sorry, day one after the first day. So that would be the second day. And then we come back a third day, 30 days later, and we finish that work up. So essentially in 60 days, the group has restructured the business, established priorities, developed a strategic plan, put in place a a leadership team meeting that is is really powerful and effective, identified long-term goals, and then short-term goals that will support uh, achieving those, and built a methodology for having accountability to ensure that those things get done. So those are the first three days. They happen over a course of 60 days. And then we take the training wheels off and the team's off and running. And from there on out, we meet with them quarterly to, uh, to make sure that they're continuing to do the work around prioritization and accountability. And how long is the – well, first of all, it is a very comprehensive system. Um, and what I like about it, as you talked about it, is it's done in segments. Not every, you know, I've, I've been involved in like three-day strategic planning right. uh, meetings. And by the end, everyone's eyes are just rolling and, and right. whatever is, it, it's not being implemented. And I right. said, I'm not going to do that. You know, that's that's not where I'm going. So it seems to me that um, you, you have a very wise system here to get them started, um, uh, come back, um, engage them, uh, evaluate, and come back again. And then the question I have is when you said you take the training wheels off and you meet with them quarterly, um, what is that time frame afterwards? You meet with them quarterly for a year, for two years, or is it open-ended, or it's how does it's that open work? Open-ended. It's open-ended. When a group engages us, they, they never sign a long-term commitment. They, they work with us as long as they care to. We tend to find that companies stay with us for a couple of years working with an implementer, uh, because our goal is to teach them the system. It's not to be their, their facilitator forever. It's to teach them the system, get them comfortable with it, where they can then push it down into their organization, and then we're done and we move on to the next client. 
Well, I think this is a great time to move on because we're going to have to take a short break. I'm Marcia Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, and my guest is Jeff Whittle talking about gain radical traction using the entrepreneurial operating system. You're listening to the Business Edge on Voice America Business Channel. Stay tuned. Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you give us a call. Call us at 1-800-411-6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's 1-800-411-6401 or S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G dot com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a science for building a successful business. The number one requirement is that you have a management system that controls all its moving parts. Without the system, your business is disorganized. Your quality is inconsistent. Your customers complain. With this system, your business is transformed into a finely tuned machine that is innovative, productive, profitable. Sign up now for the Manage Hub Quick Start Workshop. It's completely free, and you'll get instant access to ManageHub software, training, and support. Go from stressful to successful. Visit MarciaZidle.com. That's M-A-R-C-I-A-Z-I-D-L-E.com. Have you ever heard of someone who felt stuck in a challenging situation, feeling sideswiped by an event that took their success path off course? Glenn Ramsey, the entrepreneur blind spot coach, will help you to identify the unnoticeable reasons why you've derailed and get back on track with your KPI goals. Get realigned with success and connect with Glenn, the blind spot coach, at Glenn at InspireNexus.com to schedule your free discovery coaching session today. That's Glenn, G L E N, at InspireNexus.com. You're tuned in to The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back to the Business Edge. I'm Marcia Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach, helping entrepreneurial ventures and small to medium-sized companies build their leadership and talent to grow great businesses that matter, those that do good and do well. My guest is Jeff Whittle, providing us with insights into how to gain radical traction in your business using the Entrepreneurial Operating System, or EOS. And... Um, 
you know, you've you've done such a great job, Jeff, t- uh, talking about the EOS, um, giving a really good framework of what it's about, uh, what a company would uh, experience in following this system, and but I'd like to get a little more, you know, um, on a personal note here. Uh, right. You're certified. You're a certified EOS implementer. What does that mean, and what does an implementer do, and how did you get involved in this? Okay, great. Uh, a certified implementer is someone who has not simply read the materials, but someone who has gone through the the training that's provided by EOS Worldwide, who has developed a, a client base that's of critical mass to uh, to warrant certification. It's not just somebody who has one client. We maintain a uh, minimum number of clients, and, and most importantly, it's someone who has maintained uh, a minimum level of competency ratings within the sessions that they've run. Mm-hmm. And so there are, uh, I guess, about 60, 65 certified implementers around the world. There, there are other people who have gone uh, through the training, but there are about 60 or 65 of us that are at that level. The certified level is the highest level. Mm-hmm. The uh, the way I get involved, Marcia, was that I was working with uh, many clients and, and like you would do strategic planning with them and you do great work to answer, okay, what's important? What do we have to get done? And you get this great plan put together and, and then all of a sudden everybody looks around the room and, and they, they ask, well, how are we going to get that done? Mm-hmm. And so I was working with many companies that would do the planning component, and, and they didn't have the tools and the skill sets around the actual execution side. And so I began to look for a resource for my clients who, who wanted that execution support. And, and a colleague of mine suggested that I read a book called Traction that was mm-hmm. written by Gino Wickman. Uh, in that book, Gino outlined EOS and the model, and, and I realized that it, it would be a great resource for what I was looking for for my clients. And so one thing led to another, and I went through the training program and uh, ultimately um, attained my certification, and that's that's how it happened. And how long have you been doing this? I've been doing this for about three years now. Mm-hmm. And do you see, you know, if you can go back and see what you were doing three years ago and what you're doing today with your clients, are you seeing any differences either in your own professionalism or the, uh, or the, um, uh, uh, the changes that are happening in your client base over these three years? Yeah, I really can. And, and that's, that's a great question because like you, I was working with a lot of organizations that uh, have specific challenges, have things they want to work on, uh, but didn't always approach the work they were doing from a, a, a broad standpoint. You know, organizationally, what do we have to get done? And so the biggest change that I've seen is that rather than simply making progress with an individual, usually a CEO or another executive that I might be working with, what what this does is it it gives the entire team at, at the top and ultimately the entire organization a common language to use, a common set of tools, common set of resources. It's something that becomes the fabric of the organization. It's the way the business runs. It truly is the system that they use to operate. 
And so that's, I think, the biggest change that I've seen in clients that I'm working with in the last few years is that the, the commitments they make and the priorities that they establish are, are getting much more broadly embraced and pushed into the organization and, and frankly, achieved. Right. And, again, just thinking about my experience um, over the years, it would seem to me that the culture of that organization would change as well as they go through this EOS. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that or maybe not? Maybe the culture stays the same, but my sense is it might be be different. Yeah, we've seen both, honestly. You know, I mentioned to you that in the first day, we we work through the core values. And many times that process shines a light on people that that may not necessarily exhibit the core values of an organization. And so we, we like to believe that the core values exist. They're there. We don't we don't figure them out. We just help the the team discover them. And once they've discovered them, then we give them tools to answer the questions, okay, do the people in our organization exhibit those core values? And so that's when you really start to see the culture uh, emerge is when they're, they're clear on what those core values are, and then they begin to hold people accountable for exhibiting mm-hmm. them. Uh, mm-hmm. Many, many times you see companies that they say, we have these core values, but when somebody doesn't share the core values or exhibit them, they let them stay if they're really good at their job, right? Right, uh, right. That's not the way you develop a culture. You develop a culture by being honest with yourself about what your core values truly are and then making the hard decisions around people. Uh, and if they don't share those core values, chances are that your organization isn't the right place for them. And so the culture is there. It, ten- it tends to to blossom in an EOS world because the the tools mandate that that you not only say what the core values are, but you, you live them and you act them and you make sure that the people who are at the organization share them and exhibit them. Right. So you live them, you breathe them, you make people accountable. And then the piece that I'm so impressed with when I've, with the company I worked with, is if that person or if there are people who don't adhere to those values and they're also very important, you know, they bring in the money, at some point, you know, what do you do? And I've had a CEO say, I've had to let that person go. Right. And I've also... And I've also had a CEO say we we fired a client because it, they weren't adhering to our values. Right. Well, you know they're not really your values if if you don't take them seriously and if you don't expect people to follow them. And so the example that you gave a second ago is one that we see a lot. You have the wrong person in the right seat. You have someone who is wonderful at their job. But because of the way they choose to behave or because of the way they treat other people or approach the business in not sharing the core values, ultimately they're they're a cancer. And so that's mm-hmm. a really tough issue to deal with, but mm-hmm. companies have to deal with it if they're serious about their culture. So, Jeff, we're coming to the end of the show. And be, so, you know, as I say to all my guests, um, if people only listen to this last segment – 
what are the three or four or even five, whatever, what I call key ideas that you want to get across? I call them the keepers. So what are the things that you want listeners to remember about EOS? That's a great question. Thank you. I think, first of all, I, I want them to remember that it's, it's not a magic wand. We, we don't come in and do EOS to people. We teach a leadership team the methodology, but frankly, the hard work happens between the meetings. It's mm-hmm. when the team is out exercising their new skills and, and, and trying to do things differently. And so it's no magic wand. Be ready to work really, really hard. Uh, number two, this is not going to be a great resource for you if you're not willing to be open and honest with each other as a leadership team about what the issues are and what you have to do about it. Uh, mm-hmm. We get paid, frankly, to be that person in the room who asks the hard questions, the right. the ones that people may have looked past for a long time. Uh, Gino, Gino Wickman, who wrote Traction and who's still a, a very active EOS implementer, he likes to say, our job is to enter the danger. Mm. When, when something in the room is awkward and uncomfortable and everybody's inclined to sweep it under the rug so they don't have to deal with the tough issue, it's our job to go there. And so mm-hmm. you have to be willing to be open and honest if, if, this tool, if this resource is going to be effective for you. And I guess the last thing is just be ready for change because – there, there isn't anything that's going to, uh, to happen in your business un- unless you're ready to, to put what you do and how you do it under a pretty harsh light mm-hmm. and ask the tough questions about whether you do it well, whether it's the right thing to do, and whether the people who are working on it are the right people. And so that change can be powerful. It can be, uh, it can be very... Uh, engaging and uh, exciting for some organizations. And then other companies, they look at that and that's not what they want. They want you to come in and fix Mm -hmm. everything without them having to change anything. And that doesn't work. That's that's not EOS. You're right. Um, When you bring in a, whether it's a consultant, EOS implementer, an executive coach, a training program even, um, be ready for change. Right. But be, but realize that change is good. Change can uh, can take you to that next level. So, right. Jeff, I I want to thank you so much for taking the time to expl- uh, explain to the listeners the EOS system and what it can do for them. And so, if um, if our listeners would like to contact you, um, how might they do that? And any other information you would like to. Uh, give them about EOS uh, websites or your or about your company. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, first of all, thank you, Marsha. I appreciate the chance to to be on your show. I've I've known you for quite a while and have in, enjoyed both working with you and and listening to your show. So it's a gr- it's a great privilege. I appreciate it. Uh, people can reach us on our webpage. Is the easiest way to find out what we do, and that's just Whittle and Partners. W H I T T L E A N D Partners dot com. And my adri- my email address is letter J Whittle. So J W H I T T L E at Whittle and Partners dot com. And and on that website, they'll they'll find out what we do. There'll be some some more information about uh, EOS, and uh, our our goal is simply to to help people build better businesses. 
we we have a small group of professionals, former executives that have all been there, and our clients are successful companies that that feel like they're ready to get to the next level and they're willing to do the hard work to get there. So uh, it's been a real pleasure. I, I appreciate it. Uh, I know my marketing person will be upset if I don't talk about our tweet, which is Jeff Whittle TX. And so for the tweeters out there, that's how they can find us. And we blog on our website as well. Well, thank you, Jeff. And again, it was a great pleasure and uh, talking with you. And I look forward to um, talking with you again. So Thanks, listeners, uh, next week's program to bring more magic to your leadership and business is Lost in Translation, Doing Business Internationally. When doing business on an international stage, it's crucial to not only know what to say, but how to say it. Whether you're the CEO or an envoy for a company doing global business, my guest, Pamela Iring, CEO and president and owner of the Protocol School of Washington, shares how a working knowledge and comprehension of the cultural, business, and social customs of your international associates can ensure that nothing is lost in the translation. So tune in Friday, April 15th, in the U.S., that's that's tax day, at noon Pacific and 3 p.m. Eastern. Here's a smart moose tip for your for the week. It is hunt elephants, not stomp ants. Every day, go after your high payoff priorities. Minimize the time spent on stomping ants. Those tasks that give you a quicker kill and a higher body count, but don't put much meat on the table. Are you an elephant hunter or an ant stomper? Here's how to find out. Let's do a productivity audit. Contact me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com or call 972-380-9181. And now my favorite quote. There are three kinds of people in this world. Those who make it happen, those who let it happen, those who ask, what happened? Which one are you? If you're highly motivated to make it happen, let me make it help you make it happen. As a smart moose coach, let me show you how. I want to thank you for listening to the Business Edge with Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves coach and speaker, helping entrepreneurial ventures and small to medium-sized companies build the leadership and talent to move from innovative startup to productive scale-up to profitable enterprise. Remember, to be successful, you must get outside your comfort zone. That's where the magic happens. Thank you. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves Coach. Join us again next Friday, noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Make the leap from a stressful to a successful business. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 